0: Welcome to Being Humankind, with your hosts Brian, Mike, and Neely. We explore what it means to be human in a time of disconnection. What is the most meaningful silence you have ever experienced? I have two. I can't choose between them, so you're going to get them both. So... Um, the first one was, um, like I said, my, our daughter had, um, open heart surgery when she was three months old and when they took her to go to the surgery, like they only let us go so far and then they, they took her. And in that, like Mike and I just stood there watching our three month old daughter go down a hallway in silence, not knowing what was going to happen. You know, we had one of um, Mike's friends, one of his best friends, um, years and years before, his daughter had had a similar surgery. And she had, she was on the table for 17 hours and was in the hospital for like six weeks. So we, I mean, we didn't know what, what was going to be what, I mean, fortunately for Amelia, she was on the table for less than two hours. She was out of the hospital in six days, but at that point we didn't know that. So, and I think I blocked that like that whole vision out for a long time because you kind of like you just compartmentalize it like um there was that moment and and okay we're gonna put that away and then in the next moment that's when we were all back in the um in the waiting room and you know my family's part Italian and we roll in big numbers so the like my dad rented an apartment like next to the hospital and we were all there. But in that one moment where Mike and I um, watched her go down the hallway, that one moment of like everything, all the fear, all the hope, all the, you know, like anxiety as new parents and, and then having to deal with this whole surgery, that was all in there. Um, and then on, on the flip side of that, um, a few years ago, um, my paternal grandmother was diagnosed with lung cancer. Now she, I mean, she chain smoked like my entire life. Like, um, and when I went back to work, um, she took care of Amelia and she stopped smoking for then, Um, and she, like, she adored Amelia, like, adored her. She and my great aunt, who's living with her at the time, would just stare at her the whole time, like, she would be in her, you know, the bassinet or, like, the car seat, and they would just stare at her. Um, When she got older, like, she would buy, like, 52 different things for her to have like for breakfast or lunch well I just wanted her to have a variety like when she was in preschool I mean this is the same woman that would be like here's a bologna sandwich get out of the house like during the summer locking the door out um but not for Amelia Amelia got 52 different varieties of everything so when Amelia went back to school Grammy got bored Grammy started smoking again um and she was diagnosed that that year in April, with lung cancer, and she wanted to have a big party in for Memorial Day, which she did. Uh, July Fourth, she was taken to the hospital, and you know, the doctor said to my dad and my aunts, you know, you know what's going on. They said, "Yep, she's refusing treatment. Yep, um, she wants to go home." and she wants that's where she wants to write it out um so i had that whole you know obviously i have summers off and my aunt and my um cousin erica and i sat there for 6 weeks while she had her last time at home and at the beginning, she was still trying to get out of bed and she wanted coffee and she wanted, you know, she probably would have smoked cigarettes if we would have let her. Um, but it got progressively quieter and then it was just the noise of her oxygen machine. Um, and she was, she had a couple of really good days where she was um, very coherent And she made fun of my jeans and said that she was very unfortunate that Mike couldn't buy me pants that didn't have holes in them. And she then she told me that he worked very hard and she hoped that um, I fed him because he's he must be very hungry. And I told him if that was the last thing she ever said to me, then I was going to give him a smack. Not that it's his fault, but I'm like, come on, you know. But then she got progressively quieter and on her last day, she waited for everybody to be out of the room. And I had actually, I'm like, I'm just gonna run home. And then she died. And the first thing when I got into the house was, there was, it was silent. There was no more, you know, the oxygen machine wasn't going. She wasn't shifting around. Nobody was talking. That was it, so. I was really glad that I had that time that summer, you know, that I didn't have to work, that I was able to sit there. It was scary at times. My aunt's a nurse, so as long as she was there, I was like, all right, everything's good. But eventually she had to go home sometime and my cousin and I, who's a year older than I am, we were both like looking at each other like we were the little kids again, you know? Like we were six and five and I'm like looking for the adult. And I'm like, you have to be the adult because you're older than I am. <laughs> if anything happens, you have to do something. Um, but that was my other silence.